What's up, everybody? How you doing out there? It's your host, Drew Hats. Welcome back to Second Door on the Left, a special edition. And I say special because it's the Walking Dead series finale. <laughs> it's so funny. It's it, I have to laugh. It, it's so funny. But we'll get to that. All right, plenty of time for that. You know, going to devote a whole damn episode to uh, this. And I'm going to go in depth with it. Okay. And I'm going to try to uh, talk myself into the fact that it's okay. But for the intro here, it's going to be a little extended intro, intro, nothing major. I want to give an update on Josh House because I know there's listeners out there and miss hearing his voice. The fact of the matter is Josh House is a busy man. Josh House is a few short weeks away from being a father once again. Congratulations again, brother. Couldn't be happy for you and Brittany and uh, big sister Everly. He's also got the Matt and Josh show going on. Now, the Matt and Josh show, if you don't know, is a show that is down there with the uh, just all every sport that Tunica Academy has to offer. They're there. And I think it's great what they're doing. I think it's great for these kids, especially in today's day and age, the technology and you know, getting your name out there and spreading the word. I think it's phenomenal. So he's got that going on, but it, it's okay. Cause I could see now, even back in season one, him handing me the reins as co-host, but in a way host, you know, just host, but I'm not, don't take it the wrong way. Josh house is going to do his thing on this show. Whenever he dang well feels like it and pleases He's the architect. He's still the host in my mind. I'm just the uh, I'm the sidekick host. Okay, that's just been doing the best he can do to carry the torch. So, shout out Josh House, love you, brother. Um, enough of that. Wow, way too long on the intro. I think I should just stop doing intros altogether. But I kind of like them. Um, <laughs> roll the roll the music, man. Season three, episode five. Here we come. That's right. Appreciate it, Griswolds. Uh, yeah, Matt and Josh show. If you don't like their Facebook page by now, like it. If you don't tune in to some of their live feeds that they do, tune into them and just support local stuff like they're doing. You know, they keep supporting this podcast too. Also, support local business. All right. I remember when we did the podcast with the uh, the coffee shop over on Getwell, uh, Coffee Central. Thank you. Coffee Central, uh, you need to support them. You need to be over there, uh, you know, giving them uh, giving them your money and uh, not giving Starbucks your money, okay? Because I'm sure they can just co- do coffee just as well. Uh, you also need to be checking out a place called Liquidations Plus. Uh Probably going to start talking about Liquidations Plus every episode for a little bit anyways. Uh, Go check us out, man, for real. We're over there in Olive Branch, 6235 Highway 305 North. We got a lot of cool stuff. Uh, If you haven't been in there, you need to go because it's something that you could could benefit very much from checking out. All right, I'm telling you, just by walking through the door, you can find something 
that you're not going to be able to find anywhere else, especially not at the price that we have to offer it uh, at. We have a new location in Hernando. It's a 470 East Commerce Street down there, right next to uh, the Goodwill and uh, next to McDonald's. So come shop with us, get you a sausage McMuffin, and be on your way. So we open at 10 o'clock. Actually, you know what? Get your sausage McMuffin first. Eat it while you're waiting in line because we do have lines out there. And uh, then come in at 10 o'clock. Have your sausage McMuffin already downed. You're ready to go. Attack some bins. Save some mad dough on some shelf items. Ranging from food, drinks, pets, pet food, pet supplies. Um, not so much pet supplies. Definitely pet food, though, cleaning supplies, baby food, diapers, wipes galore. If you're buying your baby wipes anywhere else besides Liquidations Plus, then you are missing out. Missing out big time. So, yeah, check us out. Support local business, all right? That's just two examples, two that have been on this podcast that have been made uh, reference to. There's a lot of other local businesses out there. If you have a local business that you want to support or uh, that you think should uh, get some support from this podcast, you need to let me know. Let me know. I'll jot it down. I'll mention them in the next podcast. You have my word on that. Okay? So support local business especially during the holidays and uh, do what you can to keep, uh, keep entrepreneurship alive and thriving. All right. I had to kind of deviate a little bit from, uh, from what we were getting into. I guess I'm just delaying it. Um, yeah. Delaying the inevitable, but all in all, I'm okay with it. Here we go. Walking Dead series finale. Torn Achilles for Mr. Des Bryant. Not, you know, barely two days into his journey as a New Orleans Saint. Torn Achilles, I've, I've heard it was on the last play of practice, too. Definitely his last play, but I think it was the scripted last play of practice this afternoon. And down he goes. Had to be helped off the field. He is the fifth receiver for the New Orleans Saints this year to go down to, uh, by injury to be placed on injured reserve. Des Bryant, Ted Ginn Jr., Tommy Lee Lewis, Traven Duvall, who was the rookie they drafted out of LSU this year, and Cameron Meredith, not two days before, maybe three days before Des Bryant was picked up. Five receivers down for my New Orleans Saints. That's, that's a big deal. That's a big deal. That's an unlucky draw at a position. And, you know, sometimes it just goes like that. I know t- there's been times uh, just the two positions off the top of my head in recent memory was running back and cornerback. So it just happens that, that way sometimes. And uh, it happened again this year, this time in the uh, form of a wide receiver. So the Saints are definitely back on the market looking for other receivers. They've already brought in Brandon Marshall, at the time of this podcast, uh, Kamar Aiken at the time of this podcast, and uh, reportedly Jeremy Curley is on his way in. He was delayed by flight, uh, weather, not really sure, 
Uh, Jeremy Curley expected to come in as well. And uh, Brandon Coleman. If you're a Saints fan, you know who Brandon Coleman is. Uh, he was actually uh, the second leading receiver uh, as far as percentage of snaps went last year behind only Michael Thomas. He was ahead of Ted Ginn Jr. And I'll tell you why he was ahead of Ted Ginn Jr. Not for his receiving uh, abilities necessarily, you know, lined out wide. It was his blocking abilities. Uh, it was his blocking abilities that led to him being on the field so much. He's a big dude. He's a, he's a bigger Marcus Colston, and he's somebody the Saints could possibly bring in I don't think he's hurt. Uh, I think he's just a free agent. So going back to the one I think will most likely be the candidate, although I wouldn't be shocked with Brandon Coleman, especially him knowing the uh, lineage. He he understands the lineage there and uh, all that good stuff. Lineage, verbiage, jeez, verbiage, offensive verbiage that would be coming from Drew Brees' mouth. He would fit right back in with that group, and I, I like that. I like his experience with the group. I like him knowing pretty much off and running what is expected of him, and he could probably follow through with you know 90% of the playbook still at this point, I would think. Um, Brandon Marshall is interesting. Brandon Marshall is 34 years old, but – He's an interesting possibility because he's not going to take the top off of it. He's, he's definitely not going to do that. Okay. I think the Saints have uh, missed their opportunity with that, with Ted Ginn Jr. and possibly the rookie, uh, Traven Duvall, uh, as far as blowing the, the top off of the defense. But the fact of the matter is, Brandon Marshall, if he can go, if he has his hands still and it doesn't really matter. I think he could go out there and get the job done along with Traquan Smith, along with possibly a receiver like Austin Carr uh, to get more snaps. Right now, I really think you could put anybody out there in that third position, wide receiver position, because at this point, whoever you're going to bring in is going to be the third receiver behind Mike and Traquan. You know, that's just how it was going to go down. So you look at look at Cameron Meredith two weeks ago. Cameron Meredith was the third receiver listed, and he didn't get a single target. That would have been the Minnesota game. Didn't get a single target. And the Saints put up 30 points. Yes, they put up 30 points with the help of the defense, but I think you catch my drift. Uh, a lot of that can be attributed to the Vikings defense, the Vikings defense at home. Possibly not. I could see your argument with, okay, that, that there goes to show you that Cameron Meredith, something was wrong. And sure enough, something was wrong with his knee. My point is the week before that in Baltimore, zero targets. Last This past Sunday against the Rams, zero targets. Nothing his way, not even looked. Drew Brees might be looking him off. That was about it. So he, he was already a non-factor, all right? So it makes more sense definitely bringing in a guy like Des Bryant. They were looking at bringing in Des Bryant as being that number three receiver, possibly possibly number two uh, if he was to get rolling 
uh, and the Saints were as they were playing games in December, January, possibly even one in February. So that that was clear. That's clear to me. As far as are the Saints okay? No, no not really. They're they're very thin at the receiver position, but. Coming full circle with this thing with Cameron Meredith and Des Bryant going down and why I'm not really panicking, at least at the moment. All right. As a Saints fan, I'll be I'll be honest with you. They've been getting it done without a third receiver. Okay? They've been getting it done without a third receiver. They've been getting it done with Mike Thomas. They've been getting it done with Traquan Smith. They've been getting it done with Benjamin Watson. And that, that, that's the vertical game. They've been getting it done with uh, with those guys. They've been getting it done with Alvin Kamara. Alvin Kamara, I'm thinking about, I, I brought up this uh, the other day. I, I seriously thought about naming if if my next, if our next child is a, is a, is a boy, naming my firstborn son, Alvin. <laughs> I love watching this dude play. On a choice route out of the backfield, I don't care what linebacker it is, it's not going to work out. All right? It's not going to work out in the linebacker's favor. But I digress. Alvin Kamara is such an amazing player and fun player to watch. I love him. I love that he's in the black and gold. Um, also, you got you got Mark Ingram. Mark Ingram is the, is, is the two-headed monster out of the backfield. But they can also catch out of the backfield. Kamara is going to get you with the choice routes straight up the straight up the seams or you know right outside the tackle up the middle of the field. If you're not there, he's catching it. If you are there, he's going to hit the you know you know skirt to the left or skirt to the right, and and Breeze is going to hit him. Taysom Hill. Before I even get to the offensive line, because they're coming, I'm saving the best for last. Taysom Hill. Is Sean Payton's gadget man. All right. But he's becoming more than just a gadget player. I still look at him as mostly a gadget player because even though he has the skill set, the way they're using him, the formations they're using him in with the, the read options, and, which isn't a gadget play, by, especially in this day and age. But I get that. But as far as the motions that they're using him in, uh, some of the plays are in, especially the play where there were three quarterbacks out there against Minnesota on the field for a play. Um, but a lot of movement, and he, he's doing it all. He's blocking. He's he's lining up out wide as a wide receiver. He's inside on the line as a tight end, as a catching threat, and as a as a as a, a capable blocker. Um, he's lining up at quarterback, obviously running back. I want to say. Maybe not running back, but I don't see why not. He is an interesting dynamic for any defense to cover. So in that respect, I think the Saints, I think the Saints are going to be okay, but they're definitely going to have to get someone else, I do believe, for that third receiver spot. I I really do. And, And let's just put it this way. I'd feel a lot better about it because when you they need somebody for that third spot because right now it's Austin Carr and Austin Carr just ain't the guy. Austin Carr is a is a is a fourth receiver. 
if he's our fourth option, then he's a good one. I feel like the type of player he is from what I've seen of him uh, for his height and just his build. But I don't, and you can still have plays designed for him, you know, just a special one or two plays dialed up for him. Sean Payton is, is the man at that dialing up plays specifically for players to either get them going uh, or, you know, just find ways to, to use their talent against the defense with, that hurts them the most. So uh, if I had to guess right now, I would say Brandon Marshall, but I'm reading stuff about this Jeremy Curley guy uh, that could be a good fit for us. Uh, Brandon Coleman is an option. This Kamar Aiken guy, he's probably the fourth possibility out of those four, uh, but that remains to be seen. So, Brandon Marshall would be interesting. Unfortunately, Des Bryant did not work out. <laughs> it was very short-lived. And unlike the Walking Dead comic books or show, the Walking Dead is over. It's over. Uh, the end is here. <laughs> it, was, it was very short-lived, but... It was worth having a podcast about, especially since I named the last podcast The Walking Dead. It was only fitting that I do a special one, The Walking Dead series finale. So for those fans of, of other teams that are just kind of snickering about this for the Saints, because I, th I feel like a lot of fans of other teams were looking at this signing by the Saints picking up Des Bryant as an uh-oh. For the most part, vast majority of, of fans for other teams had to have had some kind of uh-oh moment and said, Saints, really? Did they really need him? Well, for two short days, they had him. And, you know, the, the fact of the matter is, at the end of all of this, it boils down to, just a, a couple of sentences, a few sentences at the most. While losing Des Bryant hurts, it, nothing has changed from what the Saints were just this past Sunday when Cameron Meredith was on the field and Des Bryant was nowhere to be found. Nothing has changed from that 7-1 team to now except for the fact that a number three receiver, Cameron Meredith, who had received zero targets for the three games against Baltimore, Minnesota, and the Rams, three games which the Saints went 3-0. and That's the only thing that's changed. Nothing has changed but that. And at the end of the day, as a Saints fan, I'll take it. But I get what Sean Payton is thinking because I see it too. I see us needing that third receiver. I see us needing him because it's nice to have. And when you get to some, some of these elite teams, which I'm thinking Super Bowl, people. If I haven't made that clear enough, I'm thinking Super Bowl for this team. I've already said it early on. Uh, when we picked, but this has got this is the year. So 
with that being said, I do think they need a, a number three receiver. I do think it would be nice to have against the Rams, possibly, especially if it's in Los Angeles. Um, I do think it would be nice to have against a team like the Chiefs, who are just so dangerous on offense, a team like a Bill Belichick coached defense, a team like, you know, the Pittsburgh Steelers, teams like that. And I'd even go as far as to say, although the Panthers got just shellacked against Pittsburgh last night, which just adds fuel to the Pittsburgh Steelers fire as being legitimate Super Bowl contenders. The Panthers are a team that I think could probably do well from a loss like this, slap in the face. I think sometimes, uh, I know the Saints have been guilty of it, sometimes I think that the Carolina Panthers kind of drink their own Kool-Aid. I could be wrong, but that's just kind of how I view it. And I see that as actually being kind of a dangerous thing, uh, especially considering the game they put on the field last night when, when they gave up 52 points. But Writing, sitting right now, I would say a rematch of this past Sunday's game, Saints-Rams, would be the NFC Championship game, you know, hopefully, barring any major injuries for both teams. I think the Saints are going to be okay. It'd be nice to get that third receiver, though, okay? The fact of the matter is they're scoring 35 points a game. They're 7-1, and and – First time ever sitting atop of power rankings. <laughs> I may mention that for no reason at all because I think that's a, just a major crock of crap. And, you know, with the number one spot, there really is only one place to go. So uh, bullseyes on the back. Cincinnati's going to be an interesting game. Uh, Sean Payton's going to get it figured out. Sean Payton's going to get it figured out. But I give him credit for going after a guy like Des Bryant. I really do. Um, Because I was wrong on what I thought I heard through NFL Network early on, $2 million a year. Nowhere close. We're talking about $600,000 a year, which please tell me the Saints aren't out that money two days into the contract. There's no way, right? No. A day, a day into the contract, whatever. No way. $600,000, no way they could just lose it like that. Uh, I don't think that was guaranteed money. I think that was just the base salary. And that's crazy to think that they were going to get Des Bryant for the remainder of the year at that price. But it was heavily uh, incentive-laden and would have been nice to have seen it uh, come to fruition. It really would have been nice, even if Dez didn't stay to the, uh, you know, on into future years. It would have been nice to see where the ride took the Saints, where the ride took Dez Bryant, and uh, where the ride would have taken Dez Bryant next year into free agency had he not suffered a torn Achilles. So, uh, get well soon, Dez Bryant. I hope you uh, – Never really had anything against you, man. I know you were pretty awesome 
at uh, where where did he go to college at? Oklahoma State, is that right? Heck, I don't know. Um, yep, Saints seven and one. What do you think? Do you think they're they're in trouble? And if so, why? And who do you see them losing to in the playoffs? You know, who who do you have them losing to? Let me know. Let me give me some feedback on this whole situation. I'd love to hear it. Uh, yeah, Des Bryant, Oklahoma State Cowboy. That dude was awesome. I remember watching him. So uh, I have nothing but good things to say about him. Just it it wasn't it didn't last long enough. Shortly lived, but the show must go on, as they say in showbiz. That is gonna do it for the uh, the Walking Dez. No, no, the Dez part of this episode. Now the Walking. I need to reinsert Dead. I need to I need to talk about some Walking Dead because I was reading earlier before this podcast about Miss Lauren Cohan, Maggie. It just completely went under the radar that that was the last episode that she is going to be in for this season. That's it. It's confirmed. Angela Kang has already confirmed. Some, I'm sure probably a lot of you listening to this already knew that, but uh, at the time of this recording, but uh, yeah, here we are Friday, the uh, leading up to the first episode since the time jump without Rick Grimes. And we will also be without, Maggie Reed. Yep. She's not coming back this this season. Maybe in season 10. Uh speculation is what they're what the show is gonna what story they're gonna spin six years later is that she has now joined up with Georgie, who presented her with the uh a key to the future book, and they are out looking for other people. So that's probably what they're going to spin it as. And that's just, it's crazy. They just built up the Rick Grimes thing so much. They knew exactly what they were doing. They knew exactly what they were doing, building up Andrew Lincoln's departure and just Lauren Cohan was under the rug. Incredible. Uh, she's been on this show since probably the third, maybe even second episode of season two. The latest third or fourth of that 13 episode season two. So long time and due to contract disputes, she is no more. She is no more for at least the remainder of season nine. So that's crazy. I definitely wanted to get that on the podcast because as I was reading these stories, I just, I was like, man, dude, this has been out for a, a couple of days and I, I made no mention of it on the yesterday's podcast. It was all about Rick Grimes, Andrew Lincoln gone. So had to get on here and add that, you know, tack that on to the end of this uh, walking Dez series finale episode. And uh, it's just crazy. Crazy to me, uh, but goodbye, Lauren Cohan. Hope that uh, it's uh, what's the name of it? Operation no, no. Fox Trot Champ Whiskey something. I don't know. It's a new show. 
is what I'm trying to get at. I believe it's on ABC and it'll premiere here early 2019, I believe. So we shall see. That very well, it, it, it would be the deciding factor to me, you know, easily the deciding factor. If that show is successful, we've probably seen the end of Maggie. You know, it's, it's, it's not, she could get some filming in, but it doesn't help open up her schedule, which was something Angela Kang hit on specifically as far as if the schedules work out. That show is going to be heavily influenced whether her schedule works out or not to return on The Walking Dead because Angela Kang is looking at, at it from what I'm gathering. She's looking at it as there is plenty more story to tell as opposed to just coming on as a guest spot, you know, coming in and I'm gone. You don't see me just a one-time thing in the middle of, of, of a season 10. So it's going to be real interesting. So I don't know. I don't know whether to tell you to watch the Lauren Cohen's series premiere of her new show or not. I guess I'm, not really because I'm, I'm not even sure the name of it. I can look it up real quick, though, because I, I don't want to I don't want to do Lauren Cohan like that. Her and I are pretty tight. So I don't want to get on her bad side because I thought she is. I think she's done a phenomenal job on The Walking Dead and I'm going to miss her. I'm going to miss her. Let's see here. What is the name of her new show? And she was doing some awesome stuff in this season, too. I mean, I feel like she was just, you know, whatever they wanted to throw at her as far as, you know, arcs for her character, things she went through, people she lost. I think she nailed every single one of them. I really do. And I'll tell you right now, Maggie is still very much alive in the comics. All right. Oops. Spoiler alert. Yeah, that's how important she is. So the new show, Whiskey Cavalier, it's an action, comma, comedy, according to IMDb. A pair of CIA agents embark on missions to save the world, but have to put up with each other first. Hmm. Sounds pretty dreadful, actually. But uh, you know what? It's got this guy, Scott Foley, in it with her. So he's done some things. Oh, he was on Scandal. Okay. All right. For those, for you Scandal fans, uh, he was from Scandal. He played Jake Ballard. So he's going to join Lauren Cohan in this show called Whiskey Cavalier. And yeah, it, it goes with, in my opinion, Whiskey Cavalier, if it's successful, probably not going to see Maggie on the show anymore. If it's not, if it tanks, good chance we're going to see Maggie return season 10. All right, so we shall see. All right, guys, I want to give a shout out to the Real Deal podcast here on the end as well, because uh, if you don't listen to that show, you need to. It's an awesome podcast. Uh, very cool guy. Uh, Dylan is the uh, is the name of the guy and uh, just an awesome, awesome title. Real Deal, D-Y-L, podcast. Uh, we've plugged this show a couple of times before, but I'm here to replug it, all right? Because we're plugging stuff on this episode. Got, we got the, the Coffee Central going on. We got the Liquidations Plus going on. We got the Real Deal podcast going on. Uh, check it out. Local guy, yeah, 
interesting take on some things. Very funny. I've listened to him uh, the last few times while I was running and uh, just laughing out loud, having a good time. So check it out um, and support other other podcasts, support other shows, support the Matt and Josh show and keep supporting Second Door on the Lift because we love you. We love you here and I know they'll love you too. That's going to do it. Thank you as always for listening. This has been your host, Drew House. This has been the Walking Dez series finale. Second door on the lip. We'll be back with another one real soon, okay? Y'all have a good one. God bless. Take care of each other. Peace! <laughs> Up, down. That's how it goes for a fan, ain't it? True fan, you're going to have ups and downs with your team. It's inevitable. So, uh, you stand true to that. You hold pat with that. And uh, know it's coming. You're going to get the bad with the good. But you're going to get it vice versa too, okay? Uh, you're going to have ups and downs. Unless you're Alabama. Speaking of Alabama, Mississippi State. Alabama. About 15 hours away at the recording of this outro. We're going to see. <laughs> I really do believe in, uh, in you know, what I'm reading is uh, – they're, they're confirming it. This is going to be the best defense Alabama has faced. Uh, Mississippi State on defense hasn't been said on this podcast yet, which is just blowing my mind. It's about to get mentioned now. Nine touchdowns given up on the year for the Mississippi State defense. Nine as we enter. What, what game is this? Yeah, this is the 10th game. So nine touchdowns in nine games uh, leads the country. One TD I remember vividly against LSU, uh, the defense started on their own three-yard line. So (laughs) really they've given up eight, but call it nine. It's going to be a tough test, man. Alabama at home. uh, I hate to say it, but I expect them to roll. Uh, We're going to find out here shortly. As always, you already know. Thanks for tuning in, man. Outro. We out. Have a good one.